Welcome into the Talk of Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. You can get the Talk of Tide podcast at any app you prefer for your podcast, including Apple Podcasts. Catch us on Twitter at Talking underscore Tide. You'll get links, immediate links to all of our podcasts right there on Twitter. We want to thank our sponsors uh, as well, that would be North River Dental Associates, Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, and DraftKings. And with that, Travis, we jump into a preview of SEC Media Days, uh, kind of colloquially now known as the unofficial start of college football season. I've always headed, hesitated to give it that moniker, uh, particularly now that they seem to back it up into mid-July instead of late July like it used to be. Uh, but nevertheless, it it, it, it signals a, a higher level of, of excitement for the coming season. Yeah, it's one of those last mile markers. I will give it that. And that's always been sort of my uh, love-hate affair with SEC Media Days. In many ways, I don't like what it's become in terms of trying to work it as a member of the media or what the actual value it has in our capacities. Uh, but certainly I've always appreciated what it signifies. And that's the approach, the very soon approach of another college football season. So when you think about significant mile markers and I'm not countdown guy anymore either. I know. Right. I mean, there's a lot of folks and God bless them. Good for them all throughout the off season. 309 days until kickoff, you know? Yeah. I'm not that person anymore, uh, but I appreciate it, and I'm happy for those folks. The countdown is real at this point. That Monday, to me, depth chart Monday is, is kind of what kicks it off. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. The, 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 the eve of fall camp or the start of fall camp, that's truly, right, Chase, when it's, yeah. when it's here. Yeah, the practice, no doubt, when they get the camps going as well. At any rate, a quick look at the schedule ahead for this year's Media Days, Travis. Uh, day one on Monday, LSU, Ole Miss, and Missouri. Uh, pretty good opener, I'd say, with uh, Lane Kiffin and Brian Kelly uh, coming right out of the gate, particularly Kiffin, who, who could very easily be the most quotable coach at Media Days this year. Probably only one contender other than him for that distinction. Uh, Tuesday, Alabama going early. They'll be first. Uh, Nick Saban, of course, bringing along Will Anderson, Bryce Young, and Jordan Battle as the Crimson Tide's three player representatives uh, to be followed by MSU, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Then on Wednesday, it's Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and closing it out on Thursday with Auburn, Tennessee, and Texas A&M. Uh, the lay of the land, Travis, let, let, let's, let's talk excitement first. I'm, I'm going to give you, uh, I'll get, I'll, I'm going to throw five names at you and you rank them for me in terms of who you're most interested to hear to the least. Okay. We'll start with, okay. uh, uh, Greg Sankey, okay. uh, Nick Saban. Okay. Jimbo Fisher. Okay. Kiffin. Yeah. And Mike Leach. Oh, gosh, Leach would be last of okay. those five. I can go ahead and give you that. I mean, I know it's fun to hear him talk about 
jelly beans and Halloween treats ranked in order. And, he's too much of a wind-up toy, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like putting a quarter in the jukebox back in our day, you know, and he plays his greatest hits for you. No, I mean, it's entertaining still. Still, I mean, it, it is, but no, he would be at the bottom of that list. Um, you know, Kiffin is going to get a lot of love on this type of list, but for me, he's kind of similar to Leach at this point. Uh, in that regard, uh, he, he's also kind of hard to take seriously, um, but he will give you something. You yeah. know, he he will bring some fun to it, so right. it needs levity. You know, my complaint with SEC Media Days in a lot of years is that uh, we've lost the characters, you know, from the game that that used to to show up, and especially with Ed Orgeron out now. Yeah, um, Brian Kelly's not going to give you that kind of character um right. he'll have more character but he's not a character so that'll be different so i'd probably go with that i mean i think Saban and sankey are almost neck and neck front and center right because they're synonymous with college football right now and college athletics um when you talk about the head of the sec addressing the media all of college athletics will be tuned in on Monday to hear what Greg Sankey has to say about a myriad of topics, especially some that are very fresh on the collegiate athletics landscape right now, Chase. And then I think almost simultaneous with that will be Tuesday when you hear from Nick Saban. Yeah. And he's asked to comment on a lot of these same issues. And then plus you're still going to have some of the Jimbo residue there. So Jimbo would be in that kind of mix too, probably third for me. The tough thing with Jimbo is once he gets going, you know, it's it's hard to keep up with Jimbo, right. the pace. But um, that would probably be my, you know, Sankey, Saban in either order, Jimbo, then Kiffin, then Leach for me. What about you? You know, Jimbo's at the bottom for me just because I don't think he's going to go there, right? And it, it, he'll be he'll be baited about the Nick Saban tiff, as will Saban. Neither one of them are going to go there. And and if Jimbo doesn't go there, I don't. I'm not expecting uh, much from him in in, in terms of noteworthy yeah. commentary. So it, I'll put him at the bottom. Uh, I'll I'll drop Leach at four for some of the same reasons that you cited. Leach is fun. He is a character. He is he is fun a lot of times. I just feel like with him, the the reason why I, I, I'm going to put Kiffin higher on my list than Leach is because, first of all, Kiffin's liable to drop a bomb that actually has something to do with football. Yeah. Whereas when when Mike Leach makes headlines, it's it's what he thinks about you know which uh, which mascots would beat each other in a fight. You know this kind of <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You know, the peripheral stuff, candy right. or, or whatever it might right. be, you know, something off the field uh, tends to be what the what the stick is with his commentary. Lane Kiffin, um, you never know what he's going to say. He's let yeah. he, he's he's more unpredictable, I think, in that regard. There's there's probably team. more I want to know about Ole Miss's football team too that I'm going to get yeah. from Lane Kiffin. I there's really not a lot to be honest with you that I need to know or. I'm interested to know about Mississippi State, whereas at Ole Miss, 
I mean, you've got Matt Corral moving on. You've got a quarterback situation there. You got a couple of new coordinators. Um, Lane, the self-described king of the portal. So 15, 16 guys. That's a that's a new football team in a lot of ways. And I I don't think the expectation is going to change that much. I don't think people think this is another um New Year's six bowl team. You know, I don't think people see them being a sugar bowl type team again this year, but I mean, they're still going to be in that eight to 10 win conversation. No doubt. So I, I think both of us kind of look at Sankey and Saban at the top of the list. And, you know, like you said, uh, Sankey's comments on conference league realignment and potential expansion, those are going to be widely paid attention to. He, he, he's going to, he's going to be quizzed pretty hard about the SEC's. Of course, he's going to be fully prepared. No one's yeah. going to be more, no one's going to be more scripted than Sankey. But he'll be asked about whether or not the SEC has any interest in going to twenty teams, and his answer is going to be not at this time. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay that uh, odds on that, Travis, at uh, uh, ten to one. If anybody wants to bet bet against that, I think Sankey. You tell me. I think he is so much more comfortable in his skin in that gig, though, than he was when he first jumped in there after Mike yeah. Slive stepped away and. You know, it was already headed this way with the SEC and those live opening statements back in the day before mm-hmm. he went away. It was it was already on that path towards being captivating, must see, must listen, must read the transcript yeah. type of stuff and and what we're gonna hear from Sankey tomorrow. And it's it's only accelerated here in the last few years with, with Greg Sankey. I'll be honest with you, Greg Sankey initially, I thought he was, I thought he was a little bit run over in some instances. You know, you had the situation uh, four or five, six years ago with Florida LSU. You had the hurricane game. Remember that in Gainesville? Right. And, right. Uh, you know, Florida was adamant about not playing the game. Mm. It was supposed to be played in, in Gainesville. Well, Joe Oliva basically tried to, take the whole situation over from the LSU perspective and demand that it either be a forfeit or the game be played in Baton Rouge. And, um, you know, I thought Joe Oliva tried to big boy Greg Sankey a, a pretty good bit in that situation. And it, it kind of came off that way. Ultimately Oliva got the game played in Baton Rouge. And of course, Florida went out there and won, mm. which seemed appropriate. But um, since then, no, he is, he stepped up to the plate. I have to admit. He he's also really good, and 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 Sly was really good at this too. I think Sankey might even be a little bit better. But in terms of a comfort level, talking to reporters, yeah, and 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 never stepping in a pile of it uh, at a public microphone, Sankey's got a smooth tongue, and 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 you got to have that if you're the commissioner of anything. Well, I mean, right now, the SEC is synonymous with collegiate athletics in general I mean, it's what you think of yeah when you hear college athletics you think of the southeastern conference first and foremost i know the big 10 would still like you to believe that they're the forerunner in collegiate athletics they're not in terms of what moves the needle needle anyway you know if you want to break it down to a granule uh granular level i guess we could do that maybe but no um, for just the average person, the average sports fan, they think SEC. And so, um, yeah, I, that's where 
Sankey's comments on Monday are going to be, again, they're going to be captivating. All right, Travis, moving on to another topic. Uh, let's talk hot seats for a minute real quick. Always fun around media day time in the summer to kind of assess these things. I, I wrote a little something about it this past week, as a matter of fact. I don't. I only see one seat in the league that I would truly call hot, and we all know who it is. Uh, that Brian Harson down on the plains. Uh, beyond that, what I'm looking at is a lot of recent turnover, which begets a certain level of patience, right, with fan bases, with athletic directors. What this one begat that yeah. one, and that one begat. That. <laughs> Give me some Dole Hargraves on the podcast. Yeah. I love it. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'll, I guess I'll pose it to you this way, Travis. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure we both agree Brian Harrison's on the hottest seat in the league. But if you were to if if you were to rank it, who would you say has the second hottest seat in the league? Yeah, you know, I, I think we've moved on from hot seats. I think we're straight to ejection seats. Yeah, they just <laughs> yeah. they don't even they don't have a chance to get hot anymore. You know, no. Next thing you know, they're just. Boom. They're gone. Like well, no, you know, no parachutes. Well, they no, all no, got no, a parachute, no. golden parachute. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's Brian Harson. I mean, that's that's the 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 clear leader there. Um, wow, to even look beyond him, you know, there's the programs that you typically, or at least even in recent history, have been able to sort of just turn to and go, well, this is a job where somebody's probably in trouble. Ole Miss, right? right. South Carolina. Um, maybe Mississippi State, not so much though with Dan Mullen, but certainly with Moorhead. Uh, that was a pretty consistent theme in his short time there. Um, Kentucky, but you look at those jobs right now. You know, Mark Stoops isn't going anywhere forever, right? If he wants to stay in Lexington, Shane Beamer won a damn bowl game in year one at South Carolina, Kiffin at Ole Miss. Uh, Leach at Mississippi State. Arkansas is one of those places you would certainly look. Sam Pittman's not going anywhere. No. Uh, no. LSU just underwent a coaching change, so I don't even really know where to turn to Clark Lee at Vanderbilt, but does Vandy even care enough to make a move on a guy in year two? I don't think so, Chase. I was just going to say that if you look at if you look at the programs where people might be um, starting to, you know, yeah, starting to wonder a little bit. Programs. It's, it's, it's places where there's lots of patience. Vanderbilt, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Billy Napier going into year one. <laughs> That's hot enough. Yeah. No, 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 Chase. We're going to be patient. We understand. He's a program <laughs> builder, Chase. He's a program builder. We know that going in. Yeah, you, but, you believe that about as much as I do. I can. They tell. turn them over pretty quick there, don't they? <laughs> yeah. They do. Well, you know, Missouri is interesting. I don't think Drinkwitz is in any trouble at this point, um, and I like him. I think he's one of those guys. When you talk about uh, undervalued SEC media day guys, coaches at the podium, I, he's he's a good one up there. Um, but yeah, I, we can we can talk and and kind of joke about Billy Napier. But Billy Napier starts out zero and two after Utah and Kentucky, and then who knows with South Carolina coming down the pike, what's that going to be like, Chase, in year yeah. one for Billy Napier? 
the, the patience at Florida is is generally not too high. They, they they I was surprised they stuck with Will Muschamp as long as they did. Um, I and I think a lot of Florida fans look back on the Muschamp era and think that that should have been shorted out sooner than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Mullen, a little bit different story. Dan Mullen, I I I think you know was. Um, it didn't fall apart on Dan Mullen quite like it did on Muschamp, at least on the field. Even right. though it kind of fell apart for Mullen a little bit more off the field. Uh, but yeah, that that's a program for Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee. How about Auburn. this? These one are the year places with the least patience. One right year there. from today, and based on how we're thinking this season could go in the league, who might be a coach or two. Yeah. That a year from now, given the the forecast, as right. we get really close to the start of this season, who is a coach or two that we might envision in that scenario one year from now? If you drop a real stinker of a season on every coach in this league, which I think right. is how you, how you look at it, um, gosh, what if Jimbo stinks it up, Travis? And, yeah. he, and he's sitting on a 10-year, $95 million contract extension. Uh, you know, they're not going to re- be ready to kick him out the door a year from now, even if he has a bad year. But, man, for what they're paying yeah. uh, and, and the expectations there, uh, you got to think they're going to be uh, – there are going to be a few torches at the door. If, if I think, I think if Mississippi State. State turns a 4-8, and eight, Mike might not be so funny anymore. Yeah, over there in the Golden Triangle, Chase. His uh, the beloved yeah, Mike or... that can get old quick, <laughs> and then Mike doesn't handle it so good. When they start telling Mike that the act's getting old, Mike doesn't always respond so good to that. Yeah. Gets yeah. a little ornery. It's like know? it's like the carnival when it yeah. when it's had its fill in one town. It like Texas Tech with Mike. Another town. Yeah. <laughs> so I would throw Mississippi State out there. Yeah. In a stinker scenario. Lots of fun. All right. The Talking Tide podcast. Going to thank a couple of sponsors right now, starting with North River Dental Associates and that fantastic dental hygienist staff over there at North River. For Dr. Jack Smalley, I was there this past week for my routine cleaning. Got in and out of there in about 45 minutes door to door, up and down from that waiting room couch and really the blink of an eye. I don't even bother cracking the magazines anymore, Travis, because by the time you open one up, uh, they're calling you back by the time you can even uh, glance at the table of contents. Uh, so back I go and uh, had a great experience, as I always do. The teeth checked out fine, fortunately. Uh, so I'm, I'm good for another six months. Uh, but they can do anything you need dentistry-wise at North River Dental Cosmetic dentistry, pediatric dentistry for the kids, laser dentistry, dentures. The teeth whitening services are extremely popular as well. Botox and Juvederm treatments can be had also. The phone number is 752-3506 if you'd like to make an appointment with Dr. Jack and his great staff. Or you can make an appointment online at NorthRiverDentist.com. It's North River Dental Associates. Going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier right there in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. We talked about it last week, good bread. It is gelato in July. And every Wednesday, 
during the month of July at Peterbrook Chocolatier at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North, you're going to get a free scoop of gelato. And Chase, I am told that one of our faithful listeners to this podcast uh, was in the store on Wednesday, visited with the chocolate lady, said she, she loves the show. And she heard the, the call out for gelato July Mm -hmm. and she got in there last Wednesday to get her scoop of gelato. We appreciate that. We appreciate her listening and, Paying attention to the podcast, obviously, as well. But you can do the same on Wednesdays in July. Free scoop of gelato on Wednesdays in July. Of course, still have summer camps winding down, but a few more weeks to go. Give them a call at 205-752-0211. Get signed up for the summer camps before they are a thing of the past this summer at Peter Brook Chocolatier. I might have popped in there for my own gelato yes. on Wednesday. Had a, yes. uh, had a nice little scoop to top off a lunch over at Southern Ale House, which is a friend of the show. Cleanse as well. so, the palate. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Outstanding. Finally, got to tell you all about our corporate sponsor. That would be DraftKings. The action never ends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. Tons of ways to bet on all of your favorite sports. Feel the heat of the season like never before. Right now, the DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it is not a winner, you'll get another shot to cash in. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. And make your first deposit for a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 with promo code TPPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. And Travis, uh, we will close out the final few minutes here on Talking Tide. Uh, Talking a little bit more about SEC Media Days, what may or may not come out of it. Uh, Some thoughts quickly from you, I guess, on the three guys who got chosen by Nick Saban. And maybe we'll talk about some of the other top players who are going to be on hand at the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. But one thing that struck me, Travis, about the trio that got chosen, Anderson, Bryce Young, and Jordan Battle, is is that they're the, the three best players on the team. And no, that's not what one would expect uh, because it's become, used to be that way, I think. Uh, but this has become a place where the three best media representatives on a given team go, not necessarily the best players. Uh, but in this case, and and I and I I'll stand up for Jordan Battle as the third best player on the team. You could make an argument for some other players for that distinction as well. I think he's the third best player they got. For the three best players to also be your three best representatives, I think it says something. Yeah, I, I think you can make that argument for for Jordan for sure. Now we'll see by the end of the season because the transfer portal, we may be saying a lot of great things about Jameer Gibbs come December or Jermaine Burton or Tyler Steen or Eli Ricks because they 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 did go in that portal for some immediate impact types. But going into this thing, absolutely. I, I think that not only are you talking about two of the top four or five overall players in college football and Bryce Young and uh, Will Anderson, you're talking about two permanent team captains from a year ago. So even mm-hmm. if they weren't your best players, if they were captain types, they were 
definitely going to make that trip, you would think, over to Atlanta. I, I think that it's interesting, though, because if, if Henry Toatoa is still at Tennessee, he's probably going to Atlanta this week with the Vols, right? right? As right. one of their three. So, And I um, wouldn't have been shocked to see him. Had, had, right. Had he, had he if it wasn't going to be battle, Toatoa yeah. would have been, to me, on the very short list of guys um, that, that might have gone over, too. So... Yeah, DJ Dale may be in that mix as a veteran. Uh, but the three that Alabama's sending over, it it absolutely makes sense. And, you know, you look around the league, as you alluded to there, I, I'll give you a trio that I really like that maybe a lot of people won't talk about. I like Arkansas. I like Bumper Pool. I like KJ Jefferson. And I like Jalen Catalan, the safety. I think that's a really good three of just – if you just want to talk about football players in, in, in the trios that are going over – I like that Arkansas group too. Is this year seven for Bumper Pool? Or <laughs> I mean, it's he's one of those guys, Travis. They have a Bumper Pool like, every year. We'll be saying the same thing about Drew Sanders, maybe now that he's yeah. in Arkansas. You know, yeah, Drew Morgan, Bumper Pool. Um, you know, uh, they had uh, one of the Henrys, Hayden Henry, I guess it was Hunter's brother that was a linebacker last year. Yeah, um, Drew Sanders is next. Uh, yeah, it does. It seems like Bumper Pool's been there since um, Houston Nuts' first season or two there in the mid-90s. That's a group uh, – that's a strong group there for sure, no doubt about it. What um, – who on this list, uh, Travis, might you consider um, – you know, sleeper may not be the word because all these guys are pretty good players, uh, but somebody who you think might jump out and, and uh, kind of have a, a breakthrough season – one for me, I'll throw one out. I, I like Zach Pickens, the defensive lineman from South Carolina. I think he's got a uh, a good chance to step in and, and be one of the top DLs in uh, the SEC East. Uh, anyone else jump out to you as, as somebody who'd maybe be a, a little underappreciated maybe? Yeah, you know, I'd have to give that some thought, but I go back to Jalen Catalan of Arkansas because he had the big year in 2000 and – then he had the shoulder injury last year, about mid-season, had the shoulder injury, and uh, that was problematic. Just look at what Alabama did through the year. Not that I think Jalen Catalan could have prevented some of that, but a school record performance yeah. from uh, from Bryce Young in that game. Uh, yeah, he's a really good player, and I think people will get reacquainted with him and then some in 2022. SEC Media Day is once again on tap for Monday through Thursday. Travis and I will be back again uh, soon enough to recap SEC Media Day's look ahead uh, at fall camp. We'll be podcasting a little bit more frequently as we head toward the season. Uh, Travis, I, we're coming down to the end of season six on Talking Tide, Travis. Wow. And, uh, where, you know, some might say that the, that the right time to flip to uh, episode 7.1 would be right now ahead of SEC media days. I think I'm, I think we're going to flip that, okay. that season calendar uh, right. Uh, that, that, that 7.1 episode will be our, maybe our camp preview coming up in uh, a couple of weeks. What do you think? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's to me, that's when the calendar flips Yeah, officially, as we talked about earlier, you know, you get into fall camp or right at, the start of fall camp that's 
that's the start of another year. I believe this is episode 54 of season How about that? six. So uh, we'll yeah. come in at 50, maybe 55, 56 Double episodes necklace. or so for, yeah. for uh, season six and uh, on to season seven right before fall camp. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to talking to our listeners and viewers. Uh, another year of Alabama football upon us. Travis uh, had a lot of fun in this one as well. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News. We'll talk to you next time on Talking Tide.